going to dance. We're going to dance. We're going to dance and have some fun. Dig. First of all, I looked up the exact definition of a triumvirate, and it is a meeting of three powerful people. I find that very funny that that is the name that my guides kept yelling at me about having these three-way conversations and how important it was. And I'm so excited about this one. Thank you again, Sarah and Gersev. All their information is in the notes. They will both be back uh, individually and together. We're going to try to get together quarterly and do these triumvirates of generations because that's what we want to do is build bridges and not uh, make the mistake of closing off any avenues of awakening and expansion by uh, leaning into any dumb um, prejudices or biases between people of different ages. So I love you all. Enjoy. And also, um, I know Sarah Gersev will be totally cool with it, but I just slapped our freeform conversation after we wrapped on the end because it is equally fantastic and we had so much fun. So I love you all. And, um, I will probably take you out with a funny song at the end. Uh, Stacy's mom, because, um, it bridges all three generations. It was written in the millennial generation. I'm not sure how Gen Z feels about it. They may cringe. Um, and it's about Gen Xers. <laughs> so at any rate, um, love you guys. Bye. Welcome back, Xanadu Collective. I'm Andrea Land, your grooving goddess, and I am so excited about today's uh, three-person conversation, which I'm calling a triumvirate, uh, because my guides have been yelling that word at me for weeks now. I am so excited to have with me Sarah Moon. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. 
Uh, I'm thrilled to have you. And Sarah is an astrologer and also a podcaster. She just started her podcast, Cosmic Alignment, and has a few episodes up, and they are really fantastic. I recommend that you go listen to it as soon as you're done with this one. And um, then I also have her first guest on her podcast, uh, Gersav Sidwal, who's a Reiki master. And um, thank you, Gersav, for being here. Yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, I'm I'm really excited. Um, I'll explain listeners uh, briefly so that I'm not just rambling on and I let my guests speak. <laughs> but um, I asked them on here specifically because I had an interesting experience that revealed some of my own generational blocks. And I wanted to have them on because they actually both represent different generations for me and each other. Um, Sarah is a millennial. Gersav is a, a zenial, I guess is what we're saying. And, um, and then I'm, I'm a good old Gen Xer up here. And uh, Gersav's story, first of all, and this first episode of Sarah's podcast are both amazing and excellent. Um, I just want to congratulate you both on where you're at in your journeys and thank you for showing up in the world the way that you are oh thank you so much (laughs) um are you still there Gersa? yeah thank you all right you you know well i didn't want to lose you but thank you so it's just i and it has nothing to do with age it's just that I've kind of been walking this path alone for a really, really long time Um, and not had, you know, there just weren't that many people on the planet yet who were there. (laughs) And um, it is, so I just feel like, like a proud mom all the time (laughs) because all these people are coming and joining and I'm like, oh, thank God you're finally here Um, or goddess or whatever you believe in. Um, so what happened is I was, I'm not even sure, I don't exactly remember how I connected with both of you or who was first or how that occurred, but somehow I knew about Gersev and also the podcast and really wanted to listen to it when it came out. And, um, so I, I listened and I, I'm listening to it and I was, you know, sometimes when I listen to podcasts, I'm in a more distracted state. Um, so like if, if there's anything about it that's requiring a little more concentration or whatnot, I really need to just listen to it. Like when I'm, you know, laying in bed, chilling or doing something that's a little more relaxed um, and doesn't have me doing things where I'm on autopilot, you know, like dishes or whatever. So um, I was listening and it was really great and I was enjoying the story, but there was certain there are certain ways that each generation does storytelling. There are certain ways that each generation um, speaks and uses language. And uh, sometimes um, it's almost, and so I figured this out in the process. I got about halfway through and I was finding it difficult to really focus in. And this is so silly because it's not that I give one shit as I'm saying a you know, a curse word right now about swearing. It's just that for some reason, like 
and I think it's my own conditioning of growing up with us always being told not to say that ever, you know, that it's like, I have trouble deciphering when there's a lot of that throughout something. And so, (laughs) you know, and so it's like my brain, my like, you know, Gen X brain just somehow kind of short circuits. And then I stop being able to absorb what I'm listening to. And so I kind of went, well, I guess I'll stop listening and I'll come back to it later. And then I did that and I came back to it it later. And of course it was just amazing. Um, I can't wait for my listeners to uh, hear your story, Gersev, because it's quite amazing. Um, What you have done in your life so far and your journey. Uh, But the... So when I went back and listened, I went, oh, I did one of those things, those things that you do when you're starting to get older and you say to yourself, I just don't get, you know, dubstep or whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) And, And it's because of the way, you know, the longer you're on the planet, the longer whatever was first implanted on you becomes kind of farther removed from the current pop culture zeitgeist or what what the youth culture is and I think it becomes a little harder sometimes to get it you know and I and so it it made me realize that I I think what happens sometimes is that um, people maybe get in that state and instead of pushing past it and going no I really need to make the effort to listen to this they just don't and, and I'm sure it happens the other direction, too, um, because I fully realize that for younger generations, you know, Gen Xers and boomers are probably like uh, bloviating windbags who can't shut up sometimes. <laughs> um, so what I did then is I contacted Sarah and Gersev and kind of asked them both to come on the podcast to, to, if they would be willing to talk to me about this because I we have so much to learn from each other. And then the other thing that I'm, we're all on a journey. None of us are like done or, um, you know, the best at it. That's not how it works. And I feel like you both understand that, um, that it's a really individual process and that we're all um, equal. You know what I mean? There isn't this hierarchy that we've been led to believe. Um, but I sensed and heard from both of you a certain amount of, um, you know, feeling like you're uh, like the imposter syndrome kind of thing, or like you're too young to go out there and present yourself as a Reiki master or um, some of those different things that you said as well. And I really want um, younger generations to know that uh, those of us who are in the community who are Gen Xers and boomers, we see you and we are perfectly ready, willing, and able to watch you step into, you know, mentorship and leadership at the same pace as people twice your age or whatever. It, it has nothing to do with years anymore. So that's enough of me talking. What do you both think about all that? Well, First off, I wanted to say I think that's a really empowering statement you made about it not being an age thing anymore. Um, I feel like that's one of the big things that kind of 
causes me to have that imposter syndrome. It's like, you know, every other Reiki master that I see and know, they, you know, they're like, oh, I've been practicing for five years or 10 years. And mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, I, I just got my attunement like a couple months ago. I don't know if I want to be calling myself a Reiki master yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing about it is, is listening to your story, I mean, yes, you officially got attuned recently, but you've been playing with that energy since you were a child. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't say I've been playing with it since I was a child, but I had, um, like it was around 18, 19, mm-hmm. when it just, it just kind of came to me to just sit down and observe Mm-hmm. walls and air and eventually myself and I find that really interesting because I was talking to um to one of my friends um who is also volunteering at where I'm at right now and they said it was a very similar thing with them where oh. it was at eighteen nineteen they just had this urge to go okay I need to sit down and just <laughs> stare at a, a white wall for a couple hours that is fascinating. Uh, it's so interesting seeing um, the how different the process is, um, how fast it is right now, that mm. awakening process, the expansion process from how it used to be. Um, and I, I think it's really important for people my age and older to really understand that so that we're not um, you know, limiting you because you guys have, you, you were able to come in with information and, and, um, gifts that we couldn't. And that's why you're here and, and you have knowledge too, and it needs to be shared in my opinion. (laughs) I, uh, I, that opinion makes a lot of sense to me. And I think it's crazy that you say that because I'm, almost experiencing very similar things as you where I have some friends that are younger than me around 17 or 18 and you know a couple of them I'll I'll like teach them I guess I just tell them what I was doing to you know just learn how to channel energy or see energy or auras or whatever and they'll pick up on it so quick like Mm -hmm. something that took me like three hours my friends doing it in five minutes Uh (laughs) uh-huh And yeah, yeah. Just... the the acceleration I call it the quickening, and we're kind of going through. I I believe anyway this week especially we're having an intense moment of that, and um, that's why I said that my earlier my kid um, I think he has ascension flu a little bit because sometimes you feel it physically, you know that energy shift. Um, but uh, it's accelerating so fast that it's just phenomenal and so that is fascinating to hear you say that people even younger than you were like bloop I know how to do it I guess Mm -hmm. it's like coming out of the womb knowing how to use an iPad Mm -hmm. yeah I'm not a womb or Reiki master (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) Uh, is it possible for Reiki masters to turn bad I'm just imagining like um, toddler tantrums and colic and all the things that happen when you're small. Um, You know, on that subject, that reminds me of something is when I was a toddler, uh, I 
I didn't understand yet. I mean, I was only like two, but I would get mad and things would fly out of the refrigerator off shelves or like light bulbs would burst. And so my grandma had to try, you know, as quickly as possible to help me understand that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I control my anger. I was like, um, yeah, I was, I mean, thank goodness I was born in the family I was born in. Mm-hmm. Or they have been like having me exercised. <laughs> okay, that's got to be some of the craziest things I've heard from someone that I know, like I'm <laughs> talking to right now. You know, I always hear read stories like that on the internet, but I think you're the first person I've actually talked to who's just angrily telekinesis the milk. Yeah, telekinetic. <laughs> I was a telekinetic baby. <laughs> flinging things around my grandma oh my gosh my grandma was like her her psychic ability and she wasn't it wasn't telekinesis so much as it was that she could push with her energy and there was this time when I was in middle school and an older boy who was a lot bigger than me was, um, he was kind of like sexually harassing me. It was a little icky. I mean, he probably just liked me, but still it made me feel gross. And so when I went home and told her, <laughs> she was really mad and she was barely like five one at this point because she shrank as she got older, but she grabbed his shirt collar and I am not exaggerating when I tell you that she, she threw him like from one sidewalk to the other sidewalk across the street. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go grandma. Yeah, I know. Right. She was, she was, uh, they, my family had their issues, but yeah, as far as all of that, I definitely was in an incubator. And the funny thing is, I mean, I don't do those things anymore. I know I could if it was like a, an emergency situation and that will happen. It's almost like I have a force field. So like if I'm going to get in an accident, the car bounces off me, um, those kinds of things. But it does. it's not like I could just say, hey, I'm going to move the TV and throw it across the room. It doesn't seem to work that way <laughs> anymore. But um, at any rate, Sarah, so how do you feel about that, about the the generation um, gaps and bridging that? Yeah, um, I think everyone who's on this path has something to teach people who are coming up behind them. And I know it's helped me so much hearing people's stories and experiences wherever they are in their journeys. And so I think that we can all learn from each other and really, and I see so many of my clients who have Pluto and Sagittarius, which is younger than millennials Mm -hmm. um, are just so awake. They are in their early twenties and they are so awake and so sharp and so motivated. And it's really inspiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, like Jessa says sometimes, Jessa Reed, for anyone who doesn't know that by now, um, she uh, says, you know, she was in the slow class or whatever, like where she had to hang around for 20 years while everybody got up. And, you know, I, I think about that sometimes, too. But in reality, we all we had there, you know, there were waves of people and we came in with different jobs to do. And for a long, long time. 
um, in this life and other incarnations, uh, my primary uh, job was just anchoring light, anchoring light and continuing to um, build that uh, energetic structure that would allow the planet to ascend. So, um, well, I just, I'm so happy that you're both on here with me. So your story, Gersev, I wanted to point out a few like epiphanies I had while I was listening to you. Okay. Um, just real brief for listeners. Um, he had uh, an amazing near death experience, spent um, a good part of the pandemic here in India. <laughs> and yeah. you're, you're now um, uh, you're volunteering at a Buddhist retreat, right? Yeah. You are the second person in a week that I have uh, talk to or listen to who is having that experience and so it's starting to make me wonder if this is a thing I need to go do um, yeah uh, so you talked about those experiences and you were talking about the um, like drugs and different experiences and you were I can't remember I don't think you were you were talking about acid and some other things like that, right? Uh -huh. uh, I don't think you mentioned Molly is what it's called now, right? But to me, it was ecstasy. But at any yeah. rate, <laughs> when you were talking about all of that, I had this epiphany and I was remembering back when I um, took ecstasy uh, with some people when I was about 19. Yeah. And it was, we had a it was a great party. It was a great time. It was like we got into all these deep conversations, you know, and everybody loved each other. It was fantastic. And the, that feeling stayed with you, which was kind of cool. But the thing that was interesting about it for me, and it's something that I've been noticing lately that I know I don't really need. To, and there's nothing wrong with any of it, but I know that I don't need to take like mushrooms or acid or anything to get to that state of that DMT state, that state where my brain is producing those chemicals on its own. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so at the time uh, it was so weird because I couldn't, it was very difficult for me to relate to my peers until I was like 25, 30. Most of the people that I hung out with were older because mm -hmm. you know, on top of being from the weird, crazy hippie family, I was also an only child. So that just exacerbated the I can only talk to adults thing. Mm, but yeah. but the interesting thing was, is part of that was because my nature, my spirit <clears throat> as a child, and I mean, still, but I'm just this big ball of love and unconditional love for the world. And I, I see people from the inside out. And so the way humanity conducted itself was I was growing up was so brutal and confusing and cruel and mean, you know, from my perspective. And it made it hard for me to understand, like, like I felt like I was the problem. Right. But when I took ecstasy, like it made everyone else like me, <laughs> you know, it was like, and it wasn't because the ecstasy didn't really affect me that much. Honestly, I was like, you know, Oh, this is fun. But everybody else was like having a mind blowing experience. And I was just enjoying talking to them without their walls up. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so just to clarify, they also took it and they were just more open to talking yeah. about things and being more open-minded. Yeah, it, it took down the walls and the defenses and the, um, uh, you know, like the, the, the porcupine uh, quills that mm. pe- some people have. And especially in the generation I grew up in, um, lots of sarcasm, lots of, but also lots of like old fashioned, like gender by, you know, based uh, bootstrap bullying type of stuff. And um, that was, could be a really off-putting combination. And it made me feel like I was always so separate from everybody else. Um, yeah. So, and then this, you were talking about the slowing of time. I have that experience of time shifting. Mm, okay. And you, so you, you felt it slow down when you took the ecstasy? Um, no, the ecstasy. No, I just feel that normal. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I don't, I don't know how I'd feel if that was my normal because like it's something that it's something that I experience pretty often on substances like psychedelics and mm-hmm. maybe even weed if I'm meditating enough but like it at times it's really fucking terrifying when <laughs> you know like uh, yeah if it's like if it's like a negative loop, I'll have experiences where I'm trying to get out of doing the same thing over and over again. Time loop. No luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it's a really great experience, like dancing on the beach with my friends and I'm just doing that for infinity, that's awesome. But I'm curious how that, I guess, how that works in your day to day. Well, it's, that has been a process. Um, I, I had those experiences of time slowing and it wasn't when I was on any kind of substance um Mm -hmm. it would be when I was awake but it would it would everything would just kind of slow down only I like everything seemed slower around me you know like I was still in whatever time setting I was in and time was moving at a different speed than me and it was sort of like watching a movie um in you know a slower motion like not super slow-mo but just slowed down a bit and then over the last decade I would say um it's I started having experiences where um it would seem to speed up and slow down and then sometimes be a little out of sync with each other like um uh for instance, um, you're standing in the kitchen, you're looking to the left, um, you turn your head and then suddenly you look back and there's a person there and they couldn't possibly have been there in the amount of time that you just experienced kind of thing. Um, and then about, gosh, six years ago now, I guess maybe even seven or eight years ago, I had this incredibly long dream I'm putting quotations around that and it was this future dream and at the time it sounded completely bananas and made no sense and 
it, it had such a specific piece of information in it that related to my youngest that when I uh, was the next day, I told him about it because I thought it was funny that that was in the dream. And then a few years ago, I guess this September, it'll be three years. Um, I, I started having, I started living that timeline that I saw Whoa. and it, it, it was insane. You guys, I recorded an episode about it, so I won't go into the long version, but, um, there would be markers like, uh, a guy came to, you know, trim my tree and, and I would go, Oh, I did. I saw this. And then it's finally, when I was having surgery, my uncle from long Island, who I'd only seen twice in my life had driven 2000 miles here to come stay with me. And, um, like all these things, and there was a, and then an ex-boyfriend was delivering a barn to my backyard. So I remembered all of this and that that was in the dream. And so then I knew that, so I kind of had like an outline of what was coming. And so when I observed that, as the more I observed that, the faster it became. And then I started to realize that I really think what has been happening and what part of that is, is that, um, at least for me, in my experience, in my crazy universe, uh, I go and do astronaut training is what I call it. And so whether it's a ship or it's a, a dimension or wherever it is, it's like I'm running a simulation of, of this timeline and every possible decision I could make and figuring out what the best course of action is and then also kind of getting advanced notice of things. So this has continued and then there have there are periods where I will have new dreams uh, and then those things will happen. And now it's almost like a present moment awareness where... I like I'm I'm experiencing everything simultaneously. And so I as I'm doing things, I, I remember doing them before. Um, and a lot of times I'll be in a moment where there's a difficult choice to make. And it's like a flood of uh, remembering the simulation, like all the runs of the game that I've done. And my mind will go, okay, don't do that because that resulted in that. It, you know what I mean? And, um, but, but then recently I suddenly had this like super bizarre incident and I really hope it happens again because at the time I was on the phone with somebody and so I was staring out my window and I, I didn't want to, um, like I was just so shocked that I didn't get to the phone fast enough to find the camera because I didn't want to look away from what I was seeing, but there was a flock of geese and they were in a V formation and they were flying backwards. It was going what? backwards. It was like, I was watching a movie in reverse only I'm just sitting here on the phone talking to someone. And, you know, I told her, uh, I don't know what I'm seeing. <laughs> and, and so, um, and then I did all this research, you know, to see if geese ever fly that way for any reason. And they do, they do do this bizarre thing where they fly like flipped over upside down, but they do not fly backwards. 
Yeah, I don't think flying backwards applies to the the laws of physics. Yeah, so multidimensional that you're just like opting out of like the linear nature of time. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, and I don't even, and that is exactly what it feels like. And I've I've managed to find a couple other people who are experiencing a similar existence, but it is just bananas. Yeah, that wow, is that mind-blowing that yeah, experiencing um, that day-to-day. Wow. Like, yeah. That was, something, that was something I experienced, like, dying. That was, like, <laughs> you know, that yeah. was, like, like, one of my, I guess, like, top mm-hmm. experiences. And here you are just reversing time casually. <laughs> <sitting under. laughs> uh, um. <laughs> I don't know if I'm reversing it, but I'm perceiving it <laughs> in right. reverse, something's I guess. Yeah, something's mm-hmm. going on. Um, it's really interesting because the next note after slowing of time that I wrote down is, is death just shifting timelines? Are we learning how to do it without death? Is death what we've thought or is it something else? Ooh. That's juicy to chew on, right? <laughs> Sarah, you have any, any <laughs> comments on that question? Um, I mean, I've been fascinated with near-death experiences since, since I was a kid. I've never had one personally. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, I definitely think that we're consciousness plugged into a meat suit. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more to our reality and the dimensions than we can perceive. And... I've heard so many people say that, yeah, they think that they died at this point. And then like when life went on from car accident or whatever, like stuff was different Mm -hmm. and like weird glitches in the matrix and whatever. And I think that could totally be a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And it's kind of a nice, uh, it's certainly a nice idea. And maybe it's that we're evolving to a place where we don't need to be afraid of death to to like live with purpose you know Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, do you think you switched timelines when you died yeah um yeah 100 percent, i do and i'm not i think i might have mentioned it when we were recording but i had a lot of suicide attempts after that near-death experience Aww. um um and okay so jessa reed talked about this too in like the exact Mm -hmm. same way which blew my mind but there'd be like days where i'll go buy a a news or we can't just buy a news but i'll I'll go i'll go (laughs) i'll go buy a rope or i'll go you know get my prescription pills or i'll go make uh, i'll go to the pier and jump off or something like that and i would just wake up in my bed the next day and wow yeah and those instances where I've spent money on things like an exit bag which is like where you get like a helium tank and a a bag and all I'm not gonna go too right right I I, yeah I, I spent the money for that set it up you know, put it on, and then I wake up the next day in my bed like I have been. But there's oh money. Gosh. There's still money missing from my bank account. And um. Wow. Yeah. It, what? I, <laughs> that like, is just 
Wow. It got to this point where um, I had the, what knocked me off from even attempting anymore is I had um, like a very mild shrooms trip. It should have been a mild shrooms trip, but it was insane. And I was talking to what I now know as my spirit guides, but at the time, I was perceiving them as these like scary demonic you know dimension mm-hmm. spanning entities and they were just like you can't die yet it's not time to die. <laughs> no matter what so, you do they had <laughs> you in a groundhog's day they're like all right go ahead if it makes you feel better <laughs> oh my gosh oh yeah, i'm so glad it, you're still here <laughs> yeah it's definitely not time i guess i'm, I'm glad i've <laughs> knock that shit off but um it was funny when that at the time it wasn't funny but when right. the shrooms trip happened it was almost like it almost felt like these uh my spirit guides were like okay he's not getting it we're gonna have to sit him down and like <laughs> actually tell him <laughs> the principal's office it's <laughs> 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 funny <clears throat> wow that's amazing Gersav. <laughs> yeah um, when you were describing the petals of existence, that really resonated with me a lot. That's kind of how I perceive, perceive it and see it. And that I, oh, and also the, the giant being, you know, talking about, uh, that our universe is just a part of him and, um, it, it, just everything that you, you talked about was really amazing. Oh, she um died. yeah mm-hmm. okay. I was like what giant being okay. yeah yeah I I couldn't remember exactly what you had said I'm like I'm kind of high off of your energies right now to be honest so um <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so That's... another another thought I had listening to your amazing journey and um you know tapping into both your energies listening to you is that uh you know, I had the whole starseed awareness from birth and I was lucky enough to have a family who talked about weird shit all the time and had seances. You know, it was like I, I was never told that anything that I thought or felt was crazy. But um, at the same time, you know, there were other problems. And even with that, I still kind of rejected all that. It was almost like I was rebelling against being a hippie for a while, you know, because <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be a good uh, yuppie and get this corporate job and do this thing. And, you know, and so I have my own experience of getting off track. And then um, uh, so having all of that, it's what I'm starting to notice, kind of like we were talking about the accelerating journey is that. Um, it didn't matter that I, I was aware my whole life and it just like, it doesn't matter that someone is awakening now. Um, it seems like the process, like from the stage of, uh, awareness to chrysalis to the struggle to get out of it, um, stronger kind of happens to everybody, um, in the same way. Um, let's see sparks ways matters in life energy web um i don't know why i wrote this down which is kind of funny uh <laughs> that must be something else um you know how you uh were talking about how you were having all the physical difficulties and you had to go get 
you know, scoped and everything real young. Yeah, probed. Yeah, I had the exact same experience at the exact same age, and they found nothing. Oh, wow. Whoa. Isn't that, isn't that weird? Yeah, so is that kind of what kicked off your, like, your diving into other modalities? And... Oh, yeah, definitely. I I mean, I had, my grandmother had done a good job of um, telling me about my great great grandmother who they called a white witch at the time um in the 20s in yonkers new york but she was from germany and um she they were herbalists she was the now they would call her like she was a she was a doula basically and now they would also like then they called them cut wives so she would also um you know intervene if women needed help in that way also so I come from this long line of herbal healers and um, my grandmother had taught me a lot about uh, nutritional supplements and different things. And so I, I did, I just started figuring out how to take care of myself and um, how to use visualization and meditation and things to do that because they just uh, didn't seem to know. <laughs> and they would just want to give me, you know, medicines that made me horribly sick. And it was like, okay, well, why am I taking this if I'm not better? Right. <clears throat> um, specialization. Yeah. This was something I wanted to say, cause you you were both talking about, especially Gersev about like charging for your intuitive services, whether it's Reiki or astrology or uh, energy readings, whatever it is, it, you know, your plumber doesn't cut your hair generally. I mean, maybe you have a really multi-talented plumber or you do your own plumbing, but um, it, even though everyone has access to this energy and everyone can learn how to do these things, that doesn't mean that they don't want other people to do them for them. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, that's it. Okay. That makes me... Be because, I mean, you know, like, for instance, I mean, I don't want to learn how to change the oil in my car. I want to go. Uh, and so there's other people that they don't want to learn how to read cards. They want someone to do it for them or they're, they don't want to learn how to do their own Reiki. They want to, um, you know, work with a healer or, or they, they don't want to, and my gosh, don't get me started on astrology. I think anyone who is an astrologer is definitely on the genius spectrum for sure. Yeah, 100%. I was, um. Telling my friend about you, Sarah, because I remember the last Reiki session we had, you were kind of like, oh, I feel like I'm just starting out. I've only been doing it a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, that just blows my mind. Like this person <clears throat> that's been doing this for years still only considers mm -hmm. himself a beginner. And I was like that, you know, I, I do not have the patience to read that many books Right. Yeah. I have, I can like, I can remember my sun sign and then I'm like, and I have these other things in there somewhere. <laughs> That's what I, yeah. First, I want to see your chart. I want to have you on my podcast and see your chart. Cause I'm oh, intrigued. 
<laughs> I would absolutely love to. I would love to. I, I've been told it's pretty interesting. And, you know, and I do know, uh, I do know some things, but it's like, it's not information that my mind or wants to hold on to, or mm -hmm. feels the need to, for whatever reason. I know Jess will talk about that. Like, well, I'm not meant to know that or else I would be absorbing it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you somebody needs someone else who, you know, not everybody's going to go learn all that stuff. So that's why everybody has their own thing that they're great at or multiple things, you know, um, because everybody has things they're into and they're not. And um, it would be really weird if we all just did our own stuff and never interacted with each other. It would be like the worst game of Sims ever. <laughs> like <laughs> oh that's really funny that is a very good point <laughs> yeah. um so do you guys have any questions for me um uh, yeah i don't know if they're very relevant at the moment but um just the stuff you're telling me in the beginning of the podcast of things just flowing flying off shelves and out of the fridge and then <laughs> that like that is honestly still blowing my mind <laughs> <laughs> um well I and it, it happened it happened off and on until I think I was about like five or six when I but but even then like there would be times occasionally and it still happens now where if I am really angry like I mean I and I'm just not an angry person. So, you know, typical Taurus, right? Um, I'm not an angry person. But once, you know, once you have managed to push me to angry, and especially if it's something that's like me protecting my children or my mom or somebody, I mean, I am, I will still blow up a light bulb here and there. Um, but when I was little, it was just like my energy just flew everywhere. And um, I would, I remember doing things when I was little, like um, <clears throat> sitting at a table and staring at a ball to make it move. Uh, there were just, there were these little things like that, that I would experience. And then I, I saw, I saw other realms like um fairy realm i i saw fairies a lot in fae um i remembered what i guess you would call the angelic realm i it, it's kind of interesting because i still don't know what to make of that recollection um i remember being born mm. i remember my mom um who was very young when she had me but i remember her like i was in a place with a bunch of kids and it was just it was like very you know it had that that really bright but gentle soft light everywhere so it made it kind of look a little um you know like uh hazy ish just because the light was so um pure and intense um but it didn't hurt your eyes or anything and 
like you're there with a bunch of other kids and then there's kind of teachers. It's sort of like, you know, a school. And it's, it's really, it's like this, almost like an airport for people waiting to come in is kind of what it felt like. Only, you know, it was designed to be friendly to children. And, and I think part of the reason that that was, and so see, I'm not, I'm still not entirely sure what to call this place, to be honest, but it's in order for us to make the transition from um, disembodied soul or energy being or whatever you want to call it um, to incarnating as a baby um, there's like a transition that needs to happen or else it's too jarring to just get thrown back all of a sudden um, and and it's also part of the forgetting process it's kind of like uh, when soldiers come back from war and they get debriefed you know um, or back from mission and then they get sent on a vacation. So, and then I remember I, it came time for me to go and I was having such a great time. I really didn't want to go. And then I remember feeling like this moment of panic that, um, almost like, you know, when you're on a plane and you're going to jump out and then you decide at the last minute, you don't want to do it. <laughs> and so I remember my mom um, coming up to me uh, and, you know, and she was there in spirit form. And so, and she came and she, she like got down to my level and took my hands and said, I'm going to be your mommy and it's time to go now. And I promise it's going to be okay. And um, she held my hand and then this is so freaking corny, but, and then we went down this slide <laughs> <laughs> and then I was alive and I was I was in you know this bright room and crying and the world was loud and scary but oh. but I always felt in my story with my mom and our life is pretty bananas um there was a lot but the one thing that she always managed to do, even as a 14-year-old mom, was keep making me feel that kind of, I'm going to make myself cry. I don't think I've ever thought of this. She kept making me feel that love, that love that I was sort of leaving behind to come here for a while. Aww. <laughs> right? That was like a major awe. Well, I'm so excited to talk to both of you again about your individual um, awakening stories. And um, then also, thank you for inviting me on yours, Sarah. I am very excited to um, get a get my chart done. And I am uh, will totally do a reading for you if you would like me to. Ooh, um, cool. <laughs> I, I'm all about that energy exchange. So that is a good thing, too. Um, okay, I yeah, we need to get on that, um, that anti-shuffle dance movement also. Um, yeah, if you hear me, like if you see me post online, um, Hey guys, 
Uh, I dislocated everything, and I'm going to be gone a few weeks. It means that I tried to shuffle dance. Oh, my God. I will, <laughs> I will be at TikTok headquarters ready to, to wage war if that happens <laughs> this is so funny that's adorable thank you I'm glad you both have my back <laughs> oh, well thank you so much why don't you tell uh, take turns telling my listeners where they can find you mm, okay um, well you can find me on Instagram at the dancing hierophant um, that's just like my main page for healing woo stuff all that goodness. Oh, right. And, and Sarah? You can find me on Instagram, uh, Cosmic Alignment Podcast, or begonia.moon, and cosmicalignmentastrology.com. Awesome. And I will make sure to have all of that in the notes. And Um, Again, thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. I can't wait to share this with people. And, um, you know, I might invite you on to do another talk like this, maybe in like three months to another three. Um, (laughs) But in three months to just kind of check in with each other and see what we have going on and kind of keep having these cross generational talks with purpose, you know, Yeah, I'll have to. I got to recruit a boomer. (laughs) (laughs) It's too bad my mom can't do it. She would try, but it's kind of sad. I don't know if you guys know that yet, but um, my mom has mild, thankfully, but cognitive impairment at this point. We just got her dementia diagnosis last November. So Mm. she's it's and it's hard sometimes because I have to remind her kind of that she's psychic or that she's sensitive to energy because she just isn't you know she's not focusing on things so it doesn't Mm -hmm. like she just feels things and doesn't know why Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like um to me what I'm watching it almost looks like going backwards in time kind of where you're just becoming younger little by little you know but the important parts that remember all of us and you know remember the good parts of her life and allow her to enjoy us is still all there so it's good Uh, sometimes I'll tell her mom download your consciousness (laughs) 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 you don't get to leave yet (laughs) well thank you both so much and i can't wait to talk to you again thank you so much for having us on Uh uh-huh and um uh just best wishes and love to you and your mom i i feel like being in this sort of life of you know psychic stuff and opening up spiritually can be really it can be a very unreal reality to live in just with that and I think your mom is a really strong person for going through that along with the the dementia and Mm -hmm. wow thank you so much I really appreciate that and I'm gonna make sure that she gets to hear that (laughs) because that'll make her feel good because she has been such a trooper and she's really like she's not going down without a fight you know what I mean she's figuring out how to hack this dementia bullshit (laughs) so well thank you both so much and uh, thank you listeners
Hey Galactic Groovers, I'm going to attempt to succinctly tell you what I do and have this little spot on every episode so you can know what I'm all about. You can visit the square booking link on my Instagram page or my Facebook page at Grooming Goddess. You can email me at groominggoddess at gmail.com and to book any readings with me, you can visit that square booking site. As I said, some of the services I offer are an animal communication for 3333 and that is a 30-minute session where we connect with your pets and um, see what maybe they are trying to tell you that you can't quite understand. Then I have a grief mediumship, another 30-minute reading, and that is for anyone experiencing recent grief and having trouble moving through that. My um, specialty seems to be in that area getting messages and contacting people's loved ones immediately after their passing. I have a mini reading special, which is four mini readings for 4444. I have a soul action plan reading, which is 5555, and that involves cards for your inner child, uh, earth self, ego self, your highest self, and your galactic team. And then lastly, I have Syncretic Oracle readings, which are 7777, as those cards are much more in-depth and pretty much cover every reading modality. And then lastly, if you would like to come on my podcast and get a reading live, I will read for you for free. You can book an interview at my Square booking site. If you would like to be on my podcast to discuss something groovy, You can also do that at the Square Booking site. And if you would like me to be on your podcast, you can do that at the Square Booking site. I look forward to hearing from you. I have a money-back guarantee for all my readings, and so far, nobody wants their money back. So I feel like I'm helping a lot of folks out there, and I would like to help you too. If you have any questions about any of these, give me a DM somewhere, anywhere, all the places. Much love to you all, and thank you for listening. And that's a wrap. Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much. I am so happy that I reached out to you both. I mean, I just, there aren't enough words, so um, hopefully you feel my love. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, um, it'll it'll probably take me about a week to get this up. I'm starting to get you know a few episodes in the can, which is a nice feeling. Um, okay. Yeah, but I'll let you know as soon as I do, and I will tag you both. Do you want me to um, just tag Cosmic Alignment, Sarah, or what? Can I ca- um, tag? Yeah, Begonia you can Moon tag too? mine too. Yeah, that's okay. fine. I figured right. your um podcast base is woo enough that i'm not trying to hide (laughs) yeah i mean yeah i'm pretty much all out there i'm all in at this point Uh, that's been one of the great things about my kids getting to 18 and 16 and um you know just not giving a fuck anymore (laughs) like what any like i don't have to worry about what anybody thinks or what the people at the weird christian homeschool co-op that i have to use to get my kids uh socialization and and music lessons you know (laughs) I don't have to care what those people think anymore because it was always about not wanting my kids to have any weirdness uh Mm -hmm. thrust at them because of me so 
Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for working with, um, you know, the little uh, schedule change and you're just the best. And um, Sarah, do you want me to, this is going to sound funny. Go to my calendar and book an appointment with me to come on your podcast. (laughs) But this team. Yeah, since we're all here. Yeah, okay. also wondering if you guys or if you would like to uh, just do some Reiki exchanges or anything like that. Always. always oh, yeah. Absolutely. I would. I. It's kind of funny. I have not funny. It's cute, really, and sweet and wonderful. But I have this such a reverence for people who actually practice Reiki um, that I don't even want to ask them to trade with me. <laughs> So there's my imposter syndrome. It's not funny Um, because I know I, I, my energy readings are um, amazing for others and I get so much out of them too. And I know I'm good at what I do, but see, we all have that little bit of, you know, imposter syndrome or insecurity about things. And so thank you for saying that because I would love to um, trade with you. I could definitely um, benefit with some Reiki. I've been doing this like grid work thing on earth for a really long time. And for a long time, I was doing it in a vibrational frequency where it causes damage and it, it's hard on your, your physical vessel. So. Oh, whoa. Okay. So yeah. I was I was under the, under the assumption that you know you were an energy healer or a Reiki healer just from when you were telling me about the thing about stuff flying off shelves. Yeah. And oh. Say, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I will send you. I will send you a link. I think I talk about some of that um, in the very first episode of my podcast. It's called "I Am a Muse," and it kind of talks about my origin story a little bit. But when I was 10 years old, I met my uh, BFFL because we're still friends. Um, She's in San Diego, actually. But uh, um, she uh, we were 10 and we it was like the first time I met another person on earth besides my, you know, my mom and my grandma that made any sense at all to me that seemed like the same energy as me, the same. And so very, very quickly, like super close friendship. Um, We practically slept at each other's houses almost every night that we could get away with, you know, (laughs) parents and um, we would, go to the park on our bikes and we would uh, talk to the trees and we would look, we would, do you see it? Do you see the glow? Do you see? And I, yeah, I see it. And we would uh, make the clouds make shapes and we would, um, and we would, uh, we didn't know this is what we were doing, but we were doing light codes and Reiki um, on each other. It it was like this instinctive thing, the symbols, just all of it. And so that's part of why, um, and it's not like I'm resistant to, to doing it. I just know that I am going through a slightly different journey that I'm supposed to, to help people in a different way. And so I, I think I embody a lot of those things and it's sort of 
it's kind of funny because just in the, in the 3d world, if you know my entire life story, I have done and been and and seen a lot of things a wide variety of things. Um, and, and I'm, I'm good at a lot of different things, but it's a lot of times that was a detriment because I couldn't just pick something to get really good at it, you know, because mm -hmm. I want to do them all. Jack yeah, exactly. And so I, I think I'm just that way metaphysically too, you know, that seems to be my thing is that, um, and so when I'm, uh, like for instance, when my son wasn't well, I'm, I'm taught totally raking him and I with people that I have um, a relationship with you know that are having trouble at the the way I do it is um, I'm usually in a semi-meditative state uh, laying horizontal according to earth uh, dimensions I guess but um, and I I you know for and for me it's always uh, that rose quartz pink unconditional love energy, but I call them my love bubbles. And um, I form that energy in my hands and then I, um, you know, send it to them. And if there's a specific part of them, that's where I'm directing it. Sometimes it's just for protection um, for someone who's in a situation. Sometimes Oftentimes, I wind up being adjacent to things like the Vegas shooting, for instance, mm. um, where I'm not in it, but I'm near it. And it's, I almost always will be near the thing. And then I have to go to sleep. I don't know why I have to go to sleep. It could be the middle of the damn day. And I'm like, I don't know why I have to go to sleep, but I have to go to sleep now. And you know, I just can't stay awake to save my life. And then I'll wake up and there's usually some sort of thing where in the larger situation, uh, a small interpersonal thing, I can be awake for that. And it just kind of happens. And I transmute things without um, much effort. But um, with those situations, it's like uh, uh, the my energy field um, pops out of me and protects the area and helps to transmute and protect as many people as possible. Whoa, interesting. Nice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you, you are in a league of your own. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds intense. It, it is intense because sometimes I, I will come out of it and I will wake up and then I start hearing what happened and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, holy shit. And the last time I had that experience was during the um, NSARS uh, protests in Nigeria. That first one where they gunned people down. I don't, I don't know if you remember about that in October. Um, but uh, someone that I, we, we actually were, you know, having an LDR, but um, that deeply connected to at that point, um, I went through the entire experience with him. He didn't even go to the protest to protest. He just happened to be traveling that day, which I had told him he shouldn't be traveling that day, but nobody listens to the, the psychic, you know? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you know, he's like, what do you mean? I just, I need to travel. 
but um and which is funny because he usually respects that stuff but i guess it i really feel like he has that capability too he's just not really ready to step up so i think we were probably both there trying to help um because a lot more people probably it seemed like a lot more people should have could have would have died uh based on how it happened but at any rate the bus he was on got caught up in the people and then when the shooting started you know everybody panicked and and ran for safety and then he lost his phone in the process so then he had no way to contact me for like about I don't know 18 hours maybe oh wow and yeah and so I I I was like in a twilight sleep I wasn't fully asleep this time and I went through the whole experience with him and then when I when he finally told me what happened I was like oh my god no wonder because I and so I just kept uh you know trying to keep my energy calm and and um ask for source energy uh to assist with all that and everything and I I knew that he was okay but I knew that he wasn't all right you know what I mean um and I didn't know for like six hours after it actually happened that 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 had even occurred because I purposely uh, shy away from the news a whole lot. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I mean, I guess I, I am, but so that's why it's like, well, okay, I could go get Reiki attuned, but why am I going to go do that? I'm not going to charge people for that. I would much, I, I don't, it's not fun for me. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I am a pleasure loving Taurus and I want to do what's fun <laughs> for me. I would say the only difference I've found between doing healings with the Reiki and then, well, not the only difference, but one of the big ones um, between doing healings with the Reiki and just like your own natural channeling is that there's like this, like, I want to say like almost like an in- insurance with the Reiki where if I zone mm. out or if I can't get messages or if I, you know, I don't have the right, in- I don't know what intention I should put into it. I can really just sit back and really have it to do its thing. Like it, it is really right. intelligent of an energy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, yeah, other than that, you know, any, I feel like you don't need to be attuned to Reiki to do healings. You don't, that's uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah well and and I think there's things that I am remembering and if I were to do that it's going to um set me off the course that I'm on do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because there's like totally nothing at all like you know and it may be something that I wind up doing later because I I mean I I know so many amazing Reiki masters now you included and um uh, but I, I just, I know that I'm, I'm going through a different process and I think it's partly because I've been learning myself how to expand out my energy in that multidimensionally expanded way while still embodied so that I can teach other people how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have, uh, found some of what I've found if I was diverted elsewhere. Do you mm-hmm. teach, um, like, do you offer any, like, classes for that multidimensional expansion, or is that, you know, kind of just 
something that that is in the works and thank you for asking me that because uh that tells me that there's interest um yeah and and it also tells me that i'm ready uh but what i'm thinking of is i'm thinking of starting out with um you know maybe just a because I have to be careful with how I um, fill up my time just mm-hmm. because I'm still really, uh, you know, involved with my mom and both of my kids. Um, when they tell you that, you know, it gets easier when they get older, they lie. <laughs> <laughs> because Don't I say think that. Mine are they three need- and six. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> tough, yeah, too. But I'm telling you, enjoy it and take as much time for yourself as you can now while they're little. Because when they, when they get to be teenagers and hit puberty, especially now with the way our earth is ascending, it's Mm -hmm. they they need you more than you could have imagined they're going to need you and and it's not because they're like mess you know none of them are messed up but you know what I mean it's like Mm -hmm. all kids it's not just my kids or a few people's kids it's all of them they and, and I I happen to have a friend who had kids much younger than I did and so she told me that when mine were little and man I'm so glad she let me know that because I look back at because the last four to six years of motherhood have been pretty intense and demanding. And I haven't been able to get away much or, you know, do much for myself, like vacations or whatever. Um, sex, I don't know. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> but um, they, you know, they just need you. And so uh, taking that time, like I, I remember back and I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad I went and did that weekend at the hot springs with my friends back in like 2008. <laughs> it's not that bad. I'm, I'm being hyperbolic, but so what like I, sometimes, I'm sure. yeah, oh gosh. So what I want to do uh, is start this multi-dimensional expansion, um, just like a monthly little zoom workshop. And I probably, you know, I'll just have a small fee just so that people show up. Because I find if you just give away everything for free, then, you know, they're non-committal. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. ironically, if they pay you, you know, five dollars, <laughs> they'll be mm-hmm. there. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I think that's what I have room for now is to start doing that once a month. And so thank you for the encouragement. And next month will be an awesome month because it's my birthday month. And oh, happy um, birthday. Happy thank you. season. Yes, I, I do <laughs> love it. So <laughs> mm-hmm. um. But yes, so the short answer was yes, I'm yes. working on that. <laughs> and I'm glad there's desire. And I, I have this, it sounds so freaking corny when I say it this way, but it's, it's a love expansion um, dance, I guess I would have to call it. It's really just a series of physical, you know, movements. It's like a moving meditation with some music that, um, I put together uh, that I call octonal octonal healing because um, it's representing eight octaves. 
if yeah. it's corny, then you can call I... me corn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, which, boy, I have to go on a whole other tangent now about being neurodivergent, which I'm not saying I am, but I recently went down that rabbit hole through Nimue. I'm sure you know who Femme Fatale Tarot Nimue. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we recorded on Tuesday uh, and um, I I had these weird synchronicities and I opened up this thing to look at this merchandise that somebody was, um, you know, asking me to help uh, get the word out about. And then I went and looked and, and it had, I didn't know that the, the neurodivergent uh, symbol was the infinity symbol. <laughs> and and I have been obsessed with it (laughs) for like it's show you know it just continually shows up it shows up in my cards it shows up in um some artwork I was doing there an artist was doing uh shocker painting classes and so it just comes out of me constantly it shows up everywhere my pendulum even has little uh eights or infinity symbols all over it and so um, I think that's where we're headed mm. is be- becoming fully embodied infinite beings so is it, could you explain what neurodivergence is to me oh um oh that's fine uh no problem it's kind of new for me too but neurodivergent is basically a better way of saying on the spectrum and it means because even someone who is a genius uh for instance in some area like my my older son is they call it 2e which is twice exceptional which means extremely genius in a couple areas but then like because of that the brain compensates in other ways so technically you're neurodivergent because Mm. your neurological structure is different than average and so you're somewhere on that spectrum between autism and extreme genius or Asperger's and um, there's so much more to it than most of us are aware of and I have this theory the more I look into it that because that includes you know ADD ADHD which I mean you're both of your generations have been diagnosed to death with that mm-hmm. um, but I have this I, I came up with this theory when I was talking to her that what if our brain like being somewhat neurodivergent that brain structure um allows us to uh you know experience these states more easily of being expanded or altered consciousness yes Um, i think that's so true i have a client who i'm gonna have on my podcast soon and i'm do you you probably don't know where your chiron is in your chart do you um, you know, I can actually go grab it real quick, but I'm afraid but, to unplug my phone because I don't want to hang well, it up. Well, it's okay. We can wait until I yeah. do your reading, but it's just that yeah. so many of my clients who are super magical are neurodivergent slash mm-hmm. you are like the third or fourth one who's magical, who has children who are neuro, like really neurodivergent, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. so interesting. And I think like they're being given to you guys because you can meet them where they are on like mm-hmm. a different dimension. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As soon as you said neurodivergent, it just made me think of like neuroplasticity and just how, like, uh-huh. I don't know, like, could you just, I wonder if we're moving to an age where you could just mold those 
nerve endings and just the pathways of your brain to you know just maybe move up and down that spectrum or right right that our brains are becoming uh more having more neuroplasticity so that they mm-hmm. can shift between these dimensions even maybe another um part of the whole brain structure thing especially for those of us who came in you know half a century ago uh i think to some degree that a lot of trauma or periods of trauma like something was required to uh keep us like keep us open like Mm -hmm. somehow that helped us not lose uh things through the veil of amnesia that everybody talks about um because that's one thing i find is that a lot of people who had um various traumas pretty early um they retained a lot of of information like those are the people Mm -hmm. who stayed awake even through the 70s and 80s and that makes a lot of sense coming from like a reiki perspective one of the things they teach is that if you have a trauma or a traumatic experience that whatever whatever uh part of your being like wherever that energy is stored like hold on let me restart it's like anytime you have a trauma a part of your energy freezes up it doesn't get broken or damaged or anything so whatever um like development level you are at will also get frozen up so maybe like you know when we're young and all our centers are open and our Ah. perspective on things is open you have that trauma and it freezes up yeah that thank you that really (laughs) connects those dots like crazy Uh, (laughs) um you can both probably count on that you'll be getting an invitation as well to come on this new project that i'm just launching this week with seraphina blackman she has fraggling with seraphina oh yeah i heard podcast i enjoyed that yeah um she and then my other friend um then there's um zach uh with he's psychosomagic he's from the community um and then uh, Becky, who is Zephyr one three six nine, Zephyr of Voxel. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's the one. Zephyr. Yeah, she's the one with the squid hat. So um, the three of us, well, the four of us. But what we're gonna do is have um, like whoever's available, we record that week together on Zoom, and it's kind of funny. But we just figured this out last night doing the first step. But what we're gonna do is. We have a muse, that's me, and then Becky Zephyr is the oracle. Uh, Seraphine is a witch, that's what she identifies as. Zach is a wizard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so we were coming up with a name for the podcast, and I went, well, we can't call ourselves Mo, so we need some. (laughs) So we need an E. How are we going to get an E? And so then we went down this crazy rabbit hole for a couple weeks trying to find an elf. Like someone who identifies <laughs> <an> elf. <laughs> oh my god! The second half of our conversation is so great. I'm gonna have to like save this in reserve and put it out at some point. Just like, hey, here's a little ear candy for you guys. Um. So anyway, 
but we were on last night and we just kind of were talking about it a little bit and said, um, uh, you know, maybe we could have different guests on or whatnot. And so then we figured out the E is everyone. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. So we're the Meow Podcast. We'll be um, <laughs> live on IG tomorrow night uh, promoting the launch of it on YouTube on Saturday. Oh, so um, okay. Thank I'll you so much for that. For... That'll be fun. Yeah. yeah, that would be great. You guys would both be, and and part of the reason I say that is, I mean, you've heard Serafina, you've heard uh, Zephyr, and you haven't heard Zach yet, but he's just as like woo, multi-dimensional, and um, has his own take on things. And so I know that they will love what you both are having to say. So, yeah, thank you for inviting us on to that. You yeah. are welcome. Well, I can see that uh, we're gonna be in each other's lives for a while now <laughs> not to be awkward about it no, um but i to. should probably get off here and go check on the the youngin um it, this was a bad one and that's how i went off on the whole reiki tangent was just i was gonna say that you know that's what i i um you know, I did a little bit of massage, but I'm also doing Reiki. I'm just not telling him that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it definitely did help relax him along with some peppermint and some, a few other things. But, yeah, I hope, yeah. He, hope he starts feeling better soon. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he will. I, it's, it's tough because he's trans. And so he's, you know, that whole thing in itself is a lot to deal with on top of puberty. It's like, puberty times 10 you know mm -hmm. and then um just dealing with um the physical stuff and so I think sometimes it's just overwhelm but um he's doing great though he's going to be taking a vet tech program in his senior year next year through his high school oh cool. good yep yep all right well I will let you both go and then um I will go through my notes in the morning and um, follow up with both of you like about appointments to trade and to come on your podcast and all those good things. Sounds good. All Thank right. you Sounds so much good. for making this happen. <laughs> well, thank you for being open to it because I was like, okay, so you're going to contact these two people and tell them that you had some kind of Gen X seizure and couldn't listen to the podcast the first time around and then ask them to come on your podcast. <laughs> but at any rate, I think it all worked out great. Yes. Um, so I unconditionally love you guys. I tell everybody. And um, I will talk to you soon. Have a good night, both of you. You too. Unconditional love back. Good night. In good night. I know this is the longest episode in history, but I just have to tell you before I take you out with Stacy's mom that I'm singing it and then I just start laughing my ass off because uh, I'm recording this a couple days after the full moon and we're like in this really sensual uh, pleasure zone. <laughs> take me to pleasure town. Um but it's from a movie. I did not just make that up. So at any rate, uh, I'm singing the song and I start laughing because I forgot that he mows her lawn and 
I texted my, my landscaper this morning and granted he's not, you know, 18 or however old this kid is in the song, but, um, he's at least 30. Uh, <laughs> but I've never had a clue. I thought he was married and like had kids or something. I have never had a clue that he was into me in any way. So I texted him to ask if he's coming this week because I'm about to get, uh, you know, I need to go and I have to open the gate for him. Um, so he calls me, which he never does. And I get on the phone and he tells me that he's not feeling well. So he's not working today. And then starts to make a move and it was so out of the blue and unexpected <clears throat> and I got off the phone and said what is in the air today my peeps <laughs> so uh, enjoy that energy out there alone or with a partner I'll talk to you later Stacy's mom has got it going on. 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 Stacy, can I come over? Oh, that's you.